Hello, and welcome to Adventurous Polyamory, the podcast where we rip off the shrink wrap and get into the messy reality of our lifestyle. I'm Rachel Barth, your hostess with the mostest, and I'm here to open up a big old can of truth and honesty about the joys and pitfalls of polyamory. As I am preparing this episode, I am behind schedule. In fact, I have been behind schedule for more than a week at this point. But in my defense, I am jacked up. Last week, I did a classically old lady type thing. I stepped off the curb and immediately felt incredible pain in my right knee. Needless to say, this has put a bit of a crimp in my usually busy schedule. I don't like feeling useless, and I really don't like feeling as if my body is betraying me and becoming all old and broken. However... Lying on the couch, underneath my dog and a pile of blankets, left me plenty of time to think. The disability I felt reminded me very painfully to have more compassion for my friends and loved ones who have some disability or chronic pain themselves. I gotta be honest here, once in a while, I will let my judgmental nature get the best of me, and I might judge my loved ones harshly because of how they choose to deal with their pain or obstruction. I might even be a little bit self-righteous about it. I mean, I know this ain't a good look, but the truth is, I still do it sometimes. And this was a sharp slap in the face to cut that shit out. I've said it before, and here it is again. Humility is a crucial mental skill for a good life in general and in polyamory even more so. Humility makes room for other people's opinions and thoughts to breathe and for interesting and challenging new ideas to enter the space. Humility is like an empty room in your home. It holds space for something new to be added to the place because the room isn't already filled up with your previously existing crap. Can you see how this would be essential for a person who wants to accept more loving adults into their romantic life. In fact, everyone involved will need a healthy dose of humility. I would even call it a yellow flag if you notice that someone you feel attracted to has little humility, because that will absolutely come back to bite you in the ass. Even my own lack of humility has bitten me. The judgments I felt for my loved ones made me feel impatient and contemptuous. These negative feelings robbed my time with my loved ones of the relaxation and happiness that I could have been enjoying. Like a person who's angry and impatient in traffic. It's a beautiful day. You could be listening to some tunes and relaxing in your car, but instead you're swearing, your blood pressure is jumping, you're upset, and having a horrible time. Because you are choosing to be arrogant about it. Who do you even think you are? Are you somehow more important than all these other people around you in their cars? They also have families, jobs, children, or what have you. They have just as much right as you do to be here on this road. Why do you think you should be allowed to jump ahead of them? A little humility could transform that traffic-filled commute back into a relaxing experience. I mean, 
what's the rush anyway? Why are you risking a car crash or a heart attack over all this? But that's how I was with my friends. Impatient, arrogant, probably pretty unpleasant to be around at times. My lack of humility drove a wedge between us. It was harmful to me, to my life. Negative judgments are just your opinion, aren't they? And even if you have already mastered the art of not annoying other people with your unwanted opinions, you can still see there's actually a further frontier of mastery open to you here. Think of how your life would improve when you learn to quit annoying yourself with your unwanted opinions. I feel like there's a whole podcast about that right in there. Okay, I digress. Well, this experience really brought home for me yet again how powerful community is and how utterly necessary. Now, I like to be on the giving end of the community building dynamic. I like to throw events and organize people into groups that are happily doing fun things together. I like to help people. But, and here's that humility thing again, it's much less of an ego boost to be the one who needs help. It's hard to ask for help. And in fact, I'm usually not even able to figure out what help I need exactly. But the morning after I hurt my knee while walking my dog, I woke up and I knew exactly what I needed. I called my son into my room where I was lying in bed, sadly unable to even get up without hurting myself, and asked him to go over to Miss Nellie's house two doors down and ask her if she had a spare cane for me to borrow. He nodded his, Mom, I won't fail you, nod, and rushed out of the house. Now, Miss Nellie is a real character, a lively woman in her mid-70s who emigrated to America decades ago. She lives alone with her equally elderly Bichon mix, Daisy. She often walks Daisy around our neighborhood without a leash, and if anyone dares to remind her that she should use a leash, she scornfully replies, Daisy has lived here much longer than you have. She still works, saying that she can't stand to sit home. She delivers pizza for a local chain and loves it. Well, after living here for a while, I, of course, have gotten to be friendly with her. And even more amazingly, my dog likes her dog. I earned all the points at Thanksgiving, because when I realized that Miss Nellie was going to be home alone, I invited her to join my family, since it was my year to host everyone. Miss Nellie was the star of the evening. I might have to fly Miss Nellie to L.A. with me in November, since no one will want to have turkey without her, I feel certain. Well, so you can imagine, when I realized that I needed help, she was the very first person I thought of. So I sent Jack right to her. I could hear him through my open window talking to her. About five minutes later, Miss Nellie herself busted into my house with a cane, and within 30 minutes we were on our way to the urgent care. Not the one directly across the street from my own neighborhood. Oh, no. Miss Nellie took me to the urgent care that she personally prefers. They looked me over and took an x-ray and referred me to go see an orthopedist, ASAP. Miss Nellie took me to two different thrift stores until we found a nice pair of crutches for a whopping $8. She took the day off from work to do all this for me. And Isaiah came over to walk the dog for me after his work. The next day, Miss Nellie came back and drove me 90 minutes down to Jeffersonton, Virginia to help me deliver food to my friend and client, Alex, 
and then 90 minutes back home again. That was a few days ago. Meanwhile, another friend came over to help me do laundry and get my shit straightened out after a week of malfunction around here. All of this is just humbling and makes me feel so good. There's just nothing better than receiving help right when you need it. It's not fun to need help, but receiving help is amazing. You feel loved when you receive help. I can't overstate it. It feels so good to know in a very visceral way that I am still worthy of love even when I am not useful. What's that Bible quote? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor do they spin. That's me right now. Yet I am still worthy. We are all worthy. You, yes you, are worthy of love and you are worthy to receive help. Well, what's the lesson? To be helped by the community, you have to have some sort of community. Which brings us back to our home turf, polyamory. Now y'all know I completely support and validate a social life, which is all about swinging and getting your junk wet. But into every life, a little rain must fall. And so it behooves us to give a little thought to being ready for those days when the only thing getting wet is our face from all the tears we are crying. The areas of our life where we will surely need some help are basically all the areas. Moving, dealing with illness or injury, caring for children, finding reliable practitioners in any field of work. I almost always rely on the Amazon for those sorts of referrals. And meeting new people, finding fun things to do, and people to do those things with, playing music, decorating your space. I'm terrible at that, but John and Kathy are both good at it. Planning for your future, keeping your computer working, setting up your new phone, throwing a good dinner party. It's not all gloom and doom, really. Often we might need help for the fun stuff. My personal approach is to use the fun stuff to build up community against the day when the not fun stuff arrives. Like when I had to move out of my old home, people from my discussion group and my music munch showed up to help me. Community goes way beyond your immediate circle of lovers, partners, fuck buddies, and what have you. Little digression here. I have known people who run groups purely for the access to new potential partners. Kind of like, let me set up a barrel so as I can shoot some fish in that thing. Unfortunately, that's a terrible idea. I remember talking it over with Exteban, And we couldn't really figure out a way to neutralize the power differential between a newbie and a successful community group leader. At best, you could wait until the newbie pursues you vigorously. But A, that's not really a great approach for other reasons, and B, still doesn't really neutralize the differential, since you are still endowed with the extra charisma points that you get for running a group. This is especially true for any group where you have to stand up in front of the members, such as a discussion group. You literally are their leader, and they literally look to you for some wisdom and guidance. This is an automatic power boost for you and cannot be avoided. 
It's a bit less intense in a group like a jam session, since all the musicians are more or less on the same level. I'm a mediocre musician in general, so I get the points for organizing the jam, but no points for wisdom and guidance, since, musically speaking, I have none. So the power differential is automatic, meaning that on an ethical level, it is safest for you and your group members if you never date them, or only date them after you have known them for a long time so that the shine has worn off your halo a good bit. I strongly recommend that you stay safe this way. If you screw it up there, you risk destroying your group and your own reputation in the community in one fell blow. Also, this is not a podcast dedicated to discussing things like kink or swing in any detail, but the same thing holds true in those areas. Even if your group is created for the sole purpose of gathering together and performing naughty acts, you should still be cognizant of your power differential and not allow yourself to fish too much in your own barrel. Because again... If you ignore the issue and just do whatever the heck your pussy tells you to do, you will inevitably wind up damaging your own reputation very heavily. And I can tell you from experience, the kink community is not at all forgiving. So please be cautious, kids. Now, I have known many polyamorous people who did not seek community for whatever reasons. Obviously, I am not a fan of that approach. The three pillars of Buddhism are the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. What is the Sangha? It's your faith community where you go to renew your strength and stay on track. Polyamory is not a faith exactly, but you still need your Sangha to strengthen you and keep you on track. I strongly urge you to find community, live and in-person community, in which you can regularly participate in some manner. If such community doesn't exist where you are, then I strongly urge you to create it yourself. Just like the song says, light one candle and the darkness will be gone. Establish a meetup group and shine your sweet little light. If you are too broke to afford your own meetup group, get in touch. You can post your events on my meetup. How about that? I got my own start posting in someone else's meetup, and I would be quite happy to pay that forward. My own community efforts had to take a pause during COVID. But we've been back in business for about a year now, and boy, am I glad about that. Because now I am the person who needs help, and I am so grateful to be able to receive it. That's all I have for now. Thank you for listening. Do you have any topics you want to hear about on this podcast? Please get in touch with me at unlimitedheartcoaching at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Unlimited Heart Freedom. Drop me a DM. I will answer. Also, side question. Should I open a Discord server? What do you think about that? If you prefer to consume my content in written format, click on over to my website on WordPress. I'm trying to put up the scripts for these podcasts on a regular schedule now. Plus, sometimes there's pics. The link is included in the show notes. As always... I am available for coaching sessions, and if you feel you could use some help, get in touch with me for a free exploratory session. 
I appreciate you all so very much, and I'll see you back here in a couple of weeks.